with a, a sort of themeless episode. We didn't know exactly what to do with the theme. Well, I say we. I have loads of random shit collected since we hadn't been on for two weeks and everything. So I just, I've decided, fuck it. We're going harken back to the olden days, to season one, when we didn't really have a theme or anything like that. We just had loads of random shit. But Stefan sort of has a theme with his, so I'm going to try and interlink my madness with his stuff. Yeah. Really. And the first one I'm going to do is to really annoy Stefan. Is it the France? It is the French. Oh my god, okay. But you might like this because it's the French con and the French. Okay. There was a French artist named... Yes, yes, Klein or Vez Klein, who sold a series of non-existent spaces in exchange for a weight of pure gold. So he said, "I'll sell you the space if weight of pure gold." So it had to be gold, no cash, no none like that. Some people accepted his offer, and in 1959, almost 60 years after his death, a receipt he wrote to prove ownership of his invisible artworks. Sold for one point sixteen million dollars at Sotheby's auction house in Paris. Dude, there is a museum of invisible art where the it's literally an empty picture frame, and then there's a little card underneath about like two inches describing square it. that is just yeah. a sentence. It doesn't even describe it, and then you have to imagine what's there. And people buy this shit for like sixteen grand of that. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, well, this this guy man. Six years after his death, a receipt he wrote to prove ownership of his invisible artworks sold for $1.16 So imagine how much the artworks sold for. I wonder how much Jeez. weight in pure gold he managed to actually sell. I don't know, honestly. But, so there we go. I've started off with the random uselessness. So if anybody wants to research him, his name is Y-V-E-S, and then Klein as in Calvin Klein. Eve. Why yes, well, it's Yves Saint Laurent and the designer Yves Saint, Saint Laurent or Saint, Saint Laurent. I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but I'm sure the first bit's Eve, like YVS. Yeah, I do. I'm just gonna keep butchering French for the rest of the episode. Yeah, just keep on doing it. Why not? Uh, but yeah, he, he was apparently, um, he was a French artist, an important figure in post war European art. He was a leading member of the artistic movement of Nouveau Realism, founded in 1960. Um, he was, but he died in 1962 in Paris. Um, and basically, from the looks of it, just about everything that he painted was blue. Like one, one of one of his artworks is just a blue square, and that's his artwork. Yeah, but that's better than nothing, which is what he sold some people. Yeah. At least that's an improvement for your money. It is. At least you got <laughs> something. I mean, it's literally called Blue Monocle, and that's all it was. Do you know what? If you did something like that, if you just painted a bit of paper blue, right, and then wandered into an art museum, right, and went, yeah, look, this is art, I've done it, they'll go, I don't care, what are you doing, you meant? That's not art, it's shit. You just paint a bit of paper blue. But if you're already famous and they ask you to do something and you just do something like that, then it's great and it, you got a whole exhibit to yourself. And I don't get it. 
I get that art is subjective, but there's some things that just aren't anything. <laughs> wasn't there, I mean, wasn't there a guy who sell tape of banana or wall and said it was art? That's you know, it's not art. Apparently, I've got sellotape and I've got a banana. I'm not an artist. Apparently, he he did a bunch of monochrome art, which was just like one colour on a block. He opened Hence an exhibit. <laughs> he, he, he opened an exhibit in, for the public in 1956. Uh, mm-hmm. It displayed orange, yellow, red, pink and blue monochromes. And he, Klein is described as being deeply dis- disappointed because people were going from painting to painting and so linking them together is some sort of mosaic. So they obviously went in thinking, all right, okay, if I look at this angle, it's going to make a picture. Or, okay, these co- these colours <laughs> link up and they'll make an image. And it was like, no, it's literally just, he has a colour, he has a colour, he has a colour. It's like the fucking little paint boards that you get from a paint sample shop. That's what it was. Yeah, so does that but... mean every single time, every single time you go to the paint shop and there's just colour cards underneath it? I'll put them up as an artist. Yeah, apparently. Dulux has created a lot of artists, if that's the case. They have indeed. But yeah, apparently he was deeply disappointed because people were thinking it was some sort of like grand interior design or like grand art or something. Like interior design for the space of the room or something yeah, like that. Because if Not I went to an art exhibit and there was just <laughs> three or four different colours of, of like one block of colour, I would assume it's something that I'm not getting as well. I wouldn't think this is what this guy said's art. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's such a completely pointless thing. Um, I can, however, move for actually can I? I'm gonna say if I've actually got one that has anything to do with art now because I've got one to do with it. Really. <laughs> I have to do with the art of being drunk. <laughs> I've got then several. You... Then you can go with the art of... Oh, no, I do. I've got another French artist who's known as the Paving Sergeant because he fills... uh, He basically fills potholes with mosaics while people sleep. Okay. He was in the news a while ago. I don't know, but there was a guy in... uh, Well, actually, first of all, there's a hack for that. Did you know that if you just go outside with some spray paint in the middle of the night and spray a circle around the potholes, then within a couple of weeks, the council will fill them in because they'll think that their bosses are about them? (laughs) <laughs> because the I don't know if you know, but the way it works is the boss will go out and identify. I want this one, this one, this one. He'll circle all the ones he wants done on a particular road that the highways are coming to to fill in potholes. And then when they get there, they'll just fill in what circle. So if you go out and circle them, especially if you see some that are circled and some that aren't, if you just circle the others, they'll get filled in. I never understood that. Why is it? Why can the Gorbo Road circle three when there's twenty potholes? It's like because dude, just fill in the fucking rest. So it's to do with um, basically it's to do with liability of you smashing your car up and then suing them. If it's in where basically the the track where your wheels go, it's a priority. If it's deep, it's a priority. If it's a small one and it's where your wheel probably is probably going to go, then they're probably not going to bother. If it's a massive hole but it's right in the middle of the road and no one's ever likely to put their wheels over, then well, unless you're a motorcyclist, then you you're fucked. Uh, motorcyclists, tractors, <laughs> and buses. Tractors don't give a shit. I was following a tractor home <laughs> yesterday. It, I think it was nine o'clock at night or something. There was an escort van, a tractor, and the tractor was towing what looked like a freaking tank. It was it was some sort of harvest harvester with <laughs> like with like tank treads and stuff. It was some yeah. kind of harvester or something. It had a tank on the back. It had the nozzle that swings out, all that sort of thing. 
but it was just driving along on its treads, getting to getting with a tool line attached to the tractor so that it could turn stuff. But it was hilarious because the tractor, the van would go around a roundabout, stop stop at a junction bit. The tractor would go around a roundabout at its normal two mile an hour, and then the the tra- tractor tread would just go forwards to a full ninety degree turn, and then just turn on as well, continue <laughs> on. And yeah. It's like what? What's the point in escorting that thing? It's driving better than both of you combined. It will get there faster <laughs> if you just leave it to it. <laughs> yeah. Chin chin. Well, like I said, they don't give a shit about potholes. For your drunken stuff, you it's got... me- it's medicine. It's not actually booze. It's medicine. Oh, I've actually got booze. No, I've came prepared. I've got fruity medicine. Well, alcohol is available. Quite nice. Unfortunately, my table's slightly out of reach, so I won't be drinking it when we're podcasting. Oh, hey. Yeah. Um, so what, 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 what was I saying there? What, what about? You started to talk about... Oh, no, the uh, potholes. I yes. saw... I can't remember where... <laughs> well, it was on the internet. I can't remember what site it was on. I can't remember the context. I can't remember anything like that. But it was this guy who lived in the US somewhere. And at the top of his street, he lived, I believe, at like a cul-de-sac. Yeah. Right? And at the top of his street, there was a huge, and, and I mean huge, pothole. But the council, or his local, uh, whoever maintains the road in America, like whatever is the equivalent of the council what, is. Uh, yeah, whatever the equivalent is. Uh, basically weren't interested because it was in, it was so far into a residential area that it was going to affect few people and they were basically saying you can just drive around it, it's fine. Yeah. So he went out he bought a tree, you know, how you can buy a tree whip of something that's probably about five feet tall, five, six did, feet tall. Did you just plant it in the middle of it? He fucking took two bags of soil and he planted the tree in the middle of the thing. I'm about to say, I remember someone else doing this. They went round all the little potholes and they just sort of put little flowers and stuff in so that the council yeah. would have to come and fix them. Because well, I think, I, think that's, I think that's what he started doing. And his yeah. neighbours were pleased about it. And he was basically saying, he was like, if you're not going to fill it in, you expect to avoid it. Then one, I might as well make it something nice because I have to drive past the fucking thing every day. And two, I might as well put something in it so that people can see it and actually avoid it instead of smashing their cars up. Yeah. And it was there for a little while and then they did come fill in. I believe. Yeah, because the council can't have anything nice. Once once someone turns something into anything nice, even if the council has previously decided, no, we can't have that there, we can't fix that for you, terribly sorry, but it's an inconvenience for us, so no, we're not going to bother, then they'll immediately come and destroy whatever you do with it. Yeah. I think wasn't, should... there, wasn't there someone ages ago, I can't remember where, but he was filling in potholes and like Basically doing it himself, and the council was coming and tearing all the stuff that he had put in out, but still leaving Ooh. the potholes behind. I don't know. I haven't seen that one. That's an interesting I've, one. I'm sure, like the count, because he was doing it, and it wasn't the council because they hadn't registered or anything like that. It was basically they had to come and pull up everything that he had done, but it meant that they were just recreating the potholes. Ooh, I tell you what, could be an interesting one if you filled it with concrete. Yeah, because concrete's harder than tarmac, so they couldn't come along with a plane and machine and resurface it because it'll probably smash it. Look, they'd have to come out with the windy the jackhammer and smash it up. You're looking for guys that fill in potholes. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's it just it's taken us to the. 
Here's where you report a pothole to the government site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do that. I've seen that in, in America. You can literally go. I don't know if you can in this country. I've not really. You, you can't. It. It's just you can go on a map. It just tells you where they all are, and people rate how big they are and how much of a danger they are. Yeah, well, so you can go, yeah, there's one here, and then someone else can go on and go, yeah, and it's fucking huge and it's really dangerous right now. Yeah, but apparently we've got one on the gov.uk website for everybody listening. You can go on the gov.uk website and report a pothole. So everybody spam them with your fucking potholes because we want to see them busy. No, but they won't do anything. Anyway, to avoid on to avoiding potholes. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I found a story of a man that was drunk. A man that was drunk. He was drunk driving, to be honest. All and good stories I've... start with a man who was drunk. The man that was drunk was in South Africa, but I'm going to come back to him last. Okay. Because I found some good ones. Right? Okay. So this one. So, um, this is basically um, a guy in, you know, a combine harvester? Of course. A man in Pennsylvania decided to drive a combine harvester while intoxicated. He hit a mailbox and got arrested by police after he passed out in a bean field. Passed out in a bean field? I mean, at least he took it to the field. He took it to the field? He probably did part of the field. Like There was probably a line of that field that had been harvested. <laughs> it was a bean field. I don't know why he... he apparently he was drunk. So th- these are just short, but I just, I just find them really entertaining. Um... So it does say, for some reason, men seem to enjoy ride, uh, riding large farming or lawn equipment while under the influence. A Minnesota man, in his ninth driving while intoxicated charge, was driving his lawnmower with a blood alcohol concentration of 0.28. He had already lost his license to one of his DUIs, uh, so he figured he would be fine using his lawnmower as his primary mode of transportation. He faced charges <laughs> of a DUI driving without a license, and fair warning, if you don't have a driver's license, you probably should avoid driving anything. I like. I love the logic there. I've taken. I've had my license taken away. A lawnmower is not a car, <laughs> which is fine unless you drive it on a road or on a public highway. In which case, you do need a license to drive it because it's a wheeled powered vehicle. And also, well, depend- I don't know how the laws work in the US, and it depends on the state, I suppose. Um, again, with men driving things that are not cars while drunk. Yes. Police pulled a man over in in, in uh, Indiana. On Indiana State Road for uh, State Road one four one three five for a few reasons. One driving on the wrong side of the road. He was heading north in the southbound lane. Of course. Two driving a motorized scooter on the road. Uh, yes, yeah. you read that right. The man stole a motorized scooter you find at Walmart. Drove it while drunk on the wrong side of the road. Police didn't question it until they noticed the in-store use only sign on the back of the scooter. Then they pulled the man over and arrested him for driving under the influence and theft. Oh, they didn't care about him driving the <laughs> wrong way or the fact that he was pissed and on a motorway. They only cared when they realised that it had in-store use only written on the back. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a motorway, it was just a state road, so it's like our oh, air road. It's just like a, yeah, right. a normal road. But yeah, they didn't give a shit about him driving the wrong way while pissed on a motorised scooter, but then they realised it said in-store use only and thought, nice nicknick Um, A man in Ohio... Um, drove. <laughs> okay, right. A man in Ohio, uh, made a motorized bar stool out of an old go kart. Yes, I've seen drove that. the bar stool to the bar. 
used of it course. there as a bar stool, and of then course. drove the bar stool home. Uh, at which point he was pulled over while attempting to a U-turn on the way home from the bar. He crashed the stool, drawing police attention. Needless to say, police arrested the man and charged him with a DUI, even though the man admitted to driving after drinking 15 beers. He pleaded not guilty as he had a trial. So I don't know how he worked that one out. He was like, yes, I've had 15 beers and I'm driving. And they were like, right, well, you're getting arrested for that. And he went, well, I didn't do it. <laughs> well, no, it, it went, they said, how many of you drank? 15 beers. Okay. And what are you doing? I'm driving this. Okay, so have you been drink driving? Well, no, it's not a car. It's a stool. It's a bar stool. You, you, it's, it's not. A, uh, there's no law that states that you can't drive a bar stool home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'd love to see that court. Just, just, there's, there's no law that states that you can't drive a bar stool home, even if it's a homemade mishmash bar stool. If you can prove that it is a bar stool, uh, I mean, how are they going to do that? It is just a bar stool. I don't know if you'll be able to say this, but it is literally a motorized bar stool. Nah, it's just complete white fade, man. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. It is just a bar stool with four <laughs> wheels attached to the bottom. It's basically yeah. an old lawnmower with a bar stool on the top of the steering wheel. Yeah, why not? But of course Australia can beat that. Australia can always beat that. Please tell me how Australia beat this. Do you know what an esky is? An esky. I'm sure I knew at one point, but I don't remember now. I feel like it's one of those like hoverboard things that you've got. Nah, it's a, it's Australian. It's what they call coolers. Oh, okay. like esky, like Eskimo keeps things cool. Okay. Um, basically, a man in Australia got a drink cooler or an esky, right? Added a set of handlebars, put yeah. some wheels on it, took the motor off his lawnmower and created the convenience mode of drink transportation. Of course, genius inventions don't always work as planned, and the man from Perth decided to drive his esky at night. This drew police attention, as the coolers don't have proper lightning or are unsafe to drive at night. On top of that, he was driving in a bike lane, a place you should never drive any motorised vehicle. When the police pulled him over, they found that the cooler was in fact filled with beer, wine and bourbon, leading him to receiving a DUI. His lawyers are currently arguing that he was not driving a car. Right, okay. I have. His I lawyers have are arguing things. that a cooler is not a vehicle. Well, a cooler isn't a vehicle, is one. <laughs> Two, no motorized vehicle should go in the bicycle in the bike lane. But I'm pretty sure it would be worse if he was driving in the fucking car lane. Like, no, because it's motorized vehicle, so it's a car if he had proper lighting. Uh, three. Just because he was driving it and it had booze in it does not mean he himself was intoxicated, therefore cannot be DUI. Unless, DUI it's, should... unless he was... Unless he I'm assuming he'd be drinking it. it. I'm assuming. They wouldn't he just might say just he's got a DUI tra- because he's got a drink with him. He might just be driving it to his friend's house. No, I'm assuming he was pissed. <laughs> he's Australian. There's no re- there is no way that an Australian that's made a beer cooler into a fucking form of transport isn't pissed at that point. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure I've just been regaled of a story where my uncle came over from Australia. He's Australian native. Well, he's not Australian native, but he's Australian immigrant. And uh, he 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 came over and he finished one of my Kraken bottles, then continued to finish a crate of beer, 
and a bottle of something else, and that was all in one night. Yeah. And was still perfectly fine. Yeah. Australians, man. They're different. They just drink 100% of the day. Um, there's a man that I, I like. I like this one. So a man in Pennsylvania got a DUI, right? Uh, police pulled him over for multiple traffic violations, suspected that he was under the influence, transported him to the hospital, arrested him for driving under the influence because his blood alcohol concentration was 0.217, right? But the best thing about it, because that's perfectly normal, right? Of course. He, he was wearing a shirt that said, Drunk Lives Matter. Really? <laughs> yep. Drunk Lives Matter. Why open I'm getting arrested. Next, we go to England. Of course, we come to England. Because what, the Australia. How was England done this? Americans ride on lawnmowers, or everywhere in America, they have big yards. They always need to be sitting on the lawnmower to cut the big yards, yes? So a yes. man was arrested for drink driving a lawnmower. Makes sense. The Australians mm. are cooler. They're always drinking. Makes sense. Right. The English. Is it a teacup or something? It's it's another great British institution. Okay. A man in Essex was pulled over for driving one of those motorised pink Barbie cars designed for three to five year olds while drunk. Of course. He and his son had put bigger wheels on it, so of course he had to take it for a spin. Unfortunately, his blood contained more than twice the legal limit of alcohol, and he was arrested for driving under the influence. He later admitted to being, quote, a complete twit for cramming his adult body into a child's car and driving it. He lost his driver's licence for three years. Right? Uh, and was sentenced to 12 months probation. For driving a little kiddie car while drunk. <laughs> Where did he go in this little kiddie car? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like, if he went to the end of his street and back, that, it's fine so long as you don't hit anything. Because I've seen people around here do that sort of shit. And now we get on to probably some of the best ones. Right? Okay. A Colorado man was headed to a family wedding in Utah. While passing through Boulder, Colorado, the man arre- was the man. Sorry. While passing through Boulder, Colorado, the man was arrested for riding his horse while drunk. Riding his horse while drunk. Yes. Witnesses told the police that they saw the man. In, the man hit the horse, although he claimed he was swatting, swatting flies away. When the police went to investigate, they found that the man slumped on, on the horse's back. He dismounted and failed his field sobriety tests. Police checked the saddlebags to find beer balls and checked the man's backpack to find a pug. The man was arrested and taken into custody but was able to make it to the wedding with his horse and his dog in tow. He was drink driving a horse with a pug in a backpack. That... <laughs> You know how some people say we don't need fantasy because real life is the biggest fucking fantasy <laughs> yeah. in the world? Honestly, I'm starting to agree. Why Why was the pug in the back? I don't know why the pug was in the backpack. Because he couldn't hold the pug while holding the reins and the horse obviously possibly didn't get along with the pug. <laughs> uh, uh, one of my personal favourites. Um, was it an actual real life living dog or was it just like a like an actual real life pug there is the man getting arrested with the pug to his left in front of the police officer so real life pug 
It's okay. actual pug. I mean, I know that dogs like being carried in backpacks and stuff, and like they kind of enjoy the bouncing and stuff. So I don't know if it would enjoy it. But if if the bag was closed on the dog, that's a bit cruel. Unless it was having a nap, even then it's a bit cruel. I got another good um, along the theme of the shirt. One Halloween, a teenager in Nebraska was pulled over for driving erratically. Of course. Right? Police immediately knew the teen was drunk and took him into custody. Upon searching the vehicle, they found open containers of alcohol in the truck as well. Of course, they made sure to include in the report that uh, not only that the teen blew more than twice the 0.08 legal limit on the breathalyzer, but that he was also dressed up as a breathalyzer. Dre- what? He'd been to a Halloween party, which is why he was pissed. He was dressed as a breathalyzer. <laughs> so this man got arrested via breathalyzer by being dressed as a breathalyzer for a Halloween party. Uh, he was also charged with um, underage drinking. Because uh, he, that... he, was, he was a teenager, he was 19. And the drinking age in the US is 21. For so... some fucking reason. It's it, it, on his thing. It says blood alcohol level, and it's got loser having fun and brain damage, and he's got the arrow and brain damage. And then at the bottom, he's got the pipe over where his penis is, and then it says insert inside mouth and blow here. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, hey. Um. And then uh, I mean, there's a couple of kind of weird ones, which is a drunk driver who called the police on herself. How do you call the police on yourself when you're drunk? Did you say? Did you just say there's someone drink driving and they've got this license plate, and then it turned out to be the car that she was in? She was looking at a mirror or something. Uh, it just says a woman in Wisconsin called emergency called the emergency services to report a drunk driver, which was very civic spirited of her, especially considering that the drunk driver in question was in fact her. Forty nine year old Mary Stray was driving in between Nielsville and Granton in Wisconsin after an evening of overindulgence when she decided randomly to call 911 and report herself for driving under the influence. She began the call with the 911 dispatcher by saying, somebody's really drunk driving down Granton Road. After establishing in which direction the drunk driver was going, the dispatcher asked, are you behind them? And she replied, no, I am them, with commendable honesty. Police arrived to find Stray slurring her words, swaying from side to side and unable to perform a field sobriety test. Tesla assured that she had a blood alcohol level double the legal limit. No idea why she phoned the police. Um, never mind why she called the police. I should continue need, we, driving. We need to call the police on a secret fucking Santa who was just magically appeared. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're just talking about drink drivers and you've came back just in time for the best stories, to be fair. Uh, there's another one um, in China. Ten workers in China pushed their boss's car three miles home after an office party. The what? Uh, Because they were all too drunk to drive, the group had been enjoying a meal at a restaurant in downtown Changshun, northeast of China's Jin province, province, when they realised their predicament. Uh, boss Zhang Fei announced that he was too drunk to drive and suddenly realised nobody else had stayed sober enough to drive his car. Drink driving was listed as a hazardous crime in China in that year, and offenders faced uh, up to six months in jail and a heavy fine. 
Zhang did not want to leave his car downtown and it was too late to call out a substitute driver. So Vice President Huang Weishun, Wei, Wei Un suggested they all push him home. Huang pointed out that it was only three miles away and that the exercise would do them all good. So all ten quickly agreed and set off with Zhang at the wheel. Passers-by were stunned to see the group laughing and singing as they pushed their boss's VW car home through the city streets during a 45-minute journey. Traffic officers said that as long as the car's engine was not running, it would not be classed as drink driving under Chinese law. So they managed to get away with it because yep. the engine wasn't <laughs> running the entire yep. time. Because the, he wasn't driving. He wasn't driving, he was just getting pushed around town. By ten singing employees that were all pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of employee party I want a bit. That's the kind of shit that I like. Uh, one of uh, I, I'm on uh, like the guy. There's a guy turned up drunk for a, uh, a, a driving test. There was a couple who made their 13 year old son drive because they were too drunk to drive themselves. Uh, but my three favorite ones because I want my three favorite ones now okay. are a drunk driver. That rolled his car, right? Phoned yes. the police for help. Alright. Right? When police arrived, Paul Stedden, 47, was currently drinking another can of beer while awaiting rescue. When they asked him <laughs> what the hell he was doing and why did he crack open another beer, he replied, had nothing else to do. <laughs> when police asked how much he had drunk, he said, plenty. And he was banned from driving for 10 months and fined a total of $1,100 on the charges of driving with the excess breath alcohol and careless driving, which he admitted. I mean, the, the problem is, if he didn't admit it, how would the prove that he had careless driving? He might have just slid off the road when he was sober and then decided to crack the beers while he's waiting on the police because he's not going to be able to get his car out of the ditch. No, well, yeah, but uh, no, he's obviously pissed beforehand of his blood alcohol. Um... My second favourite one, if I can find it. Right, here we go. Ah. <clears throat> in South Canterbury one night, a family would surely much rather not ha- uh, not have been caught. So, uh, where does it go? Right, the saga began at about 12.15am when a 15-year-old boy was stopped and arrested for drink driving. Right? He blew 529 micrograms per litre of breath, more than three and a half times the youth limit. The teenager was taken to Timaru Police Station for processing, where his mother was called to collect him. She was subsequently stopped and arrested for drunk driving about 2.14am after blowing 776mcg, nearly twice the adult limit of 400. But it wasn't over there because the woman then rang her husband to come and pick them both up and he was stopped and arrested on North Street at about 3am when he blew 559 micrograms. So both got caught? All three. The son got caught, and then the mother, and then the, the father. But, if, but if you're the father there, if, if you're the then father you think, there, well, arrested. Oh. I'm not going to risk it. Surely, yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. Then, then again, that would make sense. Exactly, there is no and, sense. This is the story that made me look this up, this whole topic up. Jay, you may want to listen, right? Because this is the greatest thing you'll hear today, right? A motorist, a drunk driver, was pulled over in uh, the Eastern Cape, South Africa, okay? He blew 32 times over the legal drink drive limit. 
which uh, that must be a record. Thirty-two times over. Yes. Uh, when the police asked him to step out of the car, they realised he had his five young boys in the back, and a, and his wife. Right. Who were of arrested, course. Bring the family were, on your drunk drive. Who were arrested with him. Upon closer inspection of the Mercedes Vito, so small van, they also found 15 sheep that were stolen from a local farm. This guy was 32 times over the drink drive limit with five kids, his wife, 15 sheep. In a van. In a small van. What kind of... I don't... I, I can't, I, it was a Vito, a Mercedes Vito. They're not very big. Okay. Spacious Vito. No, for 15 sheep. Is he Welsh? He's South African and he's 32 times over the limit. He thought, do you know what blows my mind about this? He's got a van, right? A Mercedes Vito van. So I'm assuming it's like a two seater, right? They see him swerving all over. I pull him over. He's 32 times over the limit. They open the back of the van to see what the hell he's got in there. And he's got his wife, five kids, and 15 sheep. Why does this remind me of someone like. I can imagine it's ridiculous. You know, Nina, you be 15 and the back of you. I'm so sorry. I love the fact that you've tried to join everything, but your signal is so bad that we're getting every four. <laughs> yeah. You're on like a time delay, so I can see your mouth moving, and like 10 seconds later, you'll actually hear what they said. <laughs> uh, in my defense, it's like I kind of turned back in the mid of moving house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we understood that, but half of the words in between were missed out. Yeah. But we understood it's in my well, defense, I'm in the middle of moving house. It doesn't, yeah, but that doesn't count because he stole the sheep from his neighbor. Nothing you, you know, it's like, like from a whole words I was saying. <laughs> hey. Uh, my connection is not bad this week, mainly because I'm sitting with the router there. Yeah, that might be why. My <laughs> connection is as is normal, but that's because people have just arrived back home, so it may end up tanking from this point on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's I, I went on a journey after finding out that a man was arrested for being 32 times over the legal drink drive limit with 15 sheep in the back of his van. I was just wondering what other crazy stories there were. 15 sheep. I like the I like the um, fact that it was specifically 15. That's a nice round number. I like the idea that he tried to fit more but couldn't because his children were in the way. I like the idea that he couldn't have put his wife or any of the children, just not a single person, in the front. To save the yeah. state. <laughs> he was the only one in the front. <laughs> Why was everybody else in the back? Yeah. Also, you get bundled in the back of your dad's van with your four brothers and your mom, and then he randomly, the van stops, pulls over. It's quiet for a bit. You're thinking, what the hell's going on? Waiting for it to open the door. Then he does and starts bundling in 15 sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Brings a whole different meaning to just a quick drive around with your dad. Like I remember going to Kielder and coming back with like plants and stuff, and or going and finding stones at the side of the road and things. I don't think we ever contemplated stealing fifteen sheep. A small herd. 
Ja, aber das ist ein da da haben. Sheepstealer. That's what, that's what Stefan's gonna do. That's how Stefan's gonna do it. Stefan's gonna just gonna turn up in a van, say we're heading somewhere. He's gonna get all of us for. He's gonna he's gonna say we're heading somewhere, and then he's just gonna jump out the van, say I'll be back in two seconds, and then the back of the van will open, and you'll just get greeted by the honks of geese. <laughs> just raid a goose farm. Yeah. <laughs> the great goose heist of twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. Oh, echo. Oh, echo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, can you... I don't know. Uh, uh, I think that's six. No, no, we can still hear ourselves <laughs> through you. Hey, you've destroyed it, Jay. You've destroyed it all. God damn it, Jay. Well, Stefan, yes, you have sideburns. Uh, not exclusively. I mean, I have a beard. Jay, you have sideburns. I say that as if like... sideburns. Okay. Did you know that sideburns were named after an American Civil War general called General Burnside? Ooh, uh, kind of. I'd heard the name and I kind of heard something about it, but I don't know if I knew that exact yeah. fact. It was a 19th century corruption of the original Burnside, which was named after the American Civil War General Ambrose Burnside, a man known for his unusual facial hairstyle that connected thick sideburns by way of a moustache, but left the chin clean-shaven. So he literally just went like that, <laughs> but the chin was completely left alone. And I he was do bald that. as well. I might just well, shave he, my was, chin. he was balding. He was... Hold on a second. Uh, there we go. <laughs> That's majestic. It's majestic, my dear sir. What a place. It's just got a circle of hair that goes over his lip, up the side, round the bottom of his head. Yeah, it, it's legitimately just to connect the dots. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like that. I don't have I just, anything about military facial hair to join in with that I, one. I just love the facial hair. I just I couldn't resist throwing that one in because it's just so ridiculous. Um, he has one for you. He has one of someone being skinned alive. Oh, Kyle, you always keep a light heart, don't you? I do indeed. Uh, it, it's a sesamnes or sesamnes, sesamnes, someone. Uh, it's a judge. Right? Okay. So it's retribution. It was a judge that took a bribe in court and passed an unfair sentence. So for, his alive. for his crime, he was skinned alive, and his leather was used to make a chair that his son had to sit in <laughs> so, because his son was appointed as the next judge. So he had to sit in his father's skin chair to be reminded of what happens if he should take a bribe and do an unfair decision. I mean, that's there, savage. There was later a painting a... made of him being skinned alive. Do you? We can't hear you. Start doing that to people. You're going to start doing that to people. I wish, I wish, man. Can we do that to someone like the politicians? Can we do that to Bojo? We should start doing it to politicians the first time they lie, they just get skinned alive. 
There'd be none left for the pews. <coughs> the Houses of Parliament, but all the pews that are in the Houses of Parliament are made from the made from the leather of the previous politicians who bullshitted and lied and fucked the country up. And that way, whoever sits in there is reminded not to do it, otherwise they join the seat. I mean, politicians might actually tell the truth for us. I don't know, like... <laughs> for a change. I am going to tell you the story of an orangutan. Is it just any old orangutan? It is an orangutan named Ken Allen. Ken Allen? Is he the sign language in one? He lived in 1971 till 2000, and he was an orangutan at the San Diego Zoo. Uh, I don't know if he was a, if he did sign language. He quite possibly. Um, not only did he escape three times from his enclosures, uh, his peers began following his example and escaped too. Uh, he awaited zookeepers and uh, even when they posed as visitors, so the, vi- the v- v- zookeepers thought, right, okay, we'll pose as visitors and like wander around. He recognised them and freaking be- wandered around and uh, did the thing. Uh, he escaped like just avoiding them completely. Um, during his escapes, he was known to peacefully stroll around the zoo, looking at the other animals. Oh, so he just wanted to look around. He didn't want to be in the zoo. He wanted to visit the zoo, but not be living in it. Yeah, he he, he didn't want to be in his enclosure. He wanted to go around and visit all the other animals. So he would just wander around and just go and visit all the other animals around the zoo. Uh, this is what happens when you give him a surname. He thinks he's human. Why is he? Why did they give him? They call him Ken Allen, not just Ken. Yeah, I know, they called him Ken Allen, it's fucking great. Also, Save the Cows, Save the Politicians needs to be a t-shirt. It That's needs my to be. Thing ever. That is going to be a t-shirt. Save, save the Cows, Skin the Politicians is now, <laughs> now one of the new logos of this podcast. It needs to be. It's the best one. Just a um, podcast now, to be honest. Hey, hey Stephen, I'm going yeah. back to Australia. I'll see you later. You you know the uh, you know how we're on about the potholes and the drunk drivers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, here's something for your upside down world that I really want the uh, the la, 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 British to bring into the A1 because you know the A1 always has roadworks and everybody's always bored shitless because they're stuck in traffic for hours on end despite the fact that it's a it's not that long of a road. It's just yeah. that they refuse to let the road actually have a normal speed limit and they've always got workmen there that aren't actually there and are never actually at the road because they never actually do any work. You have to be doing 50 mile an hour to protect the workforce that aren't there at 3 o'clock in the morning because no one's at work. Have exactly. you seen the down... You should have seen Stefan. You go down the old A1 and you go towards the down by Leamington. Right. Like a massive billboard by Wardworth, sad face. Right. And it says, I have used to 50. Uh, uh, <laughs> your connection skipped you cut as off you were reading it, what it was. <laughs> you cut off as you were describing what the advert says. So yeah. it's like it cut off at the perfect moment. But yeah, you have to do 50 to protect the workforce, which are never there. Even in the daylight, you barely see them. Exactly. 
But maybe if they were there, they'd have it done by now. Yeah, exactly. But I do. So, so this is why I got back to Australia. The Australians have something. Uh, it's a boy sta- standing with a sad face. With my daddy works here. Let him live and do fifty. If your daddy works there, he needs to work harder. He's obviously not there for more than an hour a day. If I'm doing 70 in the outside lane and your daddy doesn't live because I wasn't doing 50, your daddy wasn't working in the right place. Yeah, exactly. (coughs) You're extending the road outwards. That means you should not be in that lane. Yes. Uh, But yeah, apparently um, some roads in Australia are so long. Please, if there's any Australians, help confirm this. I'll probably end up asking my family as well. That the Australian government counteracts the risk of fatigue, because of course driving tired is just as bad or worse as driving drunk, by playing little trivia games at the side of the road, and it's legitimately, there's a, li- there's a road sign, and it's got a little yellow tagline saying fatigue zone, then underneath it's, it says like, he has the start of the trivia game type thing, and then the next like, however many road signs just have like, trivia questions for you to answer, and it's got like, the question That's and then awesome. answer, and the question and answer. So you can drive along and basically play a game. So instead of driving with your family for hours on end going, I spy with my little eye, you can literally play these little trivia games along the side of the road. Admittedly, if you drive it more than... If you drive that road quite often, you'll probably get sick of seeing the same questions. But I think it's pretty cool. So Jace just asked if it's dangerous, and I think he's thinking the same as me, is what you... Yeah. You're not going to have a crash because you're falling asleep, but what you're going to do is have a crash anyway because you're not watching the road, you're reading a sign. Well, no, it's it's the whole thing of... it. It's short questions where it's set up the same as a normal road, so, road sign where it's made so that Which you can Which is also read distracting. It. Yeah, exactly. So it's just the same as a normal road sign, so that's why they can get away with it because if that's distracting, so is a normal road sign telling you where, where to go on this roundabout or... A normal road sign telling you that there's work, there's a uh, works up ahead. I saw, a, I saw, a, um, you know, when you go into a village and it says, um, welcome to, and then the name of the village, and then please drive carefully. Yes, or right. well, well, welcome to have a have a nice day, or like just the yeah. random shit. I saw a picture of one the other day. Somebody at the at the other end of the village, there was a one saying, "Thank you for driving carefully," with a smiley face, and a guy had crashed into it. And the best thing about it is, it was a completely open piece of grass. If I hadn't put the sign there saying "Thank you for driving slowly," you wouldn't have hit anything. Yeah, you, hit the, you just hit the works. sign was the only thing there. <laughs> the signs are the most dangerous thing. <laughs> there I was, was nothing about, else there. <laughs> I was about to say, remove the signs, make the road safer. But then I realised half of the time when I get lost, it's because I was following signs, and the signs suddenly end, and I've got no idea where to go next. So yeah, that's why you do sat now because you live in the twenty first century. I do do the sat-nav, but then the sat-nav gets lost and thinks I can go up a one-way street. Well, then you just do what people do and do that. Even if you get to a river and it says, go down there, you just do it. And then when your insurance fo- when you phone your insurance and go, I've hit an animal, and they say, what animal? And then you say, a fish. Honestly. Because you've followed your sat-nav, you just go, well, the sat-nav told us to go there. One, I hope someone has done that. Two, <laughs> I, like, I, I was driving into Newcastle because I was going to see a museum. Um, we were driving into Newcastle, and the satnav legitimately, the he has a road that only buses can go up, and my satnav was just going, yeah, just go up that road, it's fine. 
Oh, and if you do, well, well, actually, this depends on your sat-nav. I was going to say, if you then drive past that, they will give you another option to go around. But unless you've got a Garmin, because I've got a Garmin, and if I use the Garmin, it, it's very German. So it goes, go that way, and then you don't go that way. And instead of rerouting you, it goes, make a U-turn, then go that way. And then you can't make a U-turn, so you keep going, then it goes, no, you need to go back and go that way. And then you still ignore it, and then it just turns itself off. It actually turned itself off. I was like, right, okay, now I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> it's just like, you have refused my instructions, now you You've not gone the exact way okay. I said, whether it's breaking the law or not, so fuck you. <laughs> I love it. I love Jay's message, he's saying, uh, Road wage because you crashed. Then you because you and the other driver have a then you and the other driver have a fight over the trivia answer rather than you <laughs> smashed in the back of them. That's a good uh, point. But then, you, then after you crash, you've got to walk a mile up the road to see what the actual answer is to settle the argument. I, no, Jay, I don't use ways. I've never used ways. Oh yeah, and Susie's also just pointed out it took us into Gateshead to go back into Newcastle because we had to go to a museum, but. It it we needed to go up, right, down, left, and then we were there. We basically had to go around the building that we were at. So the yeah. sat nav decided you're gonna go over this this swing bridge into Gateshead, you're gonna go around <laughs> Gateshead, you're gonna come back into Newcastle to get to where you need to go. He thought the sat nav thought you wanted a day out, it was being nice, he was helping you. It wasn't help, it was making a five minute drive, a ten minute drive. It's a nice drive out through Gateshead. You wouldn't have seen Gateshead otherwise. And yesterday, I wanted to go to the Hancock. Go for I like the Hancock. <laughs> Jay, spam typing. You go through Gospas. Look, I just followed the sat nav. We were going through to multiple We were going to the mu- we're going to multiple details. We were going to multiple museums. Okay, and it decided that we needed to go. Down the A1, through through Portland, go through the bypass. We went through the bypass, we did all that sort of stuff, and then it decided that, yeah, we had left the Hancock and we were going to the Discovery Museum. In order for us to go from the Hancock to the Discovery Museum, it decided we, need to go, we needed to take a detour through Gateshead. I do have something about Newcastle, since you're now talking about Newcastle. I just remembered. Come on, then. <laughs> you have to bear with us a second, but this is excellent. This is the best Jay, thing I've found you, in a while. Jay, you know I have the the sense of direction of J- James May. Saying just head towards St. James's Park doesn't help. I don't know where St. James's Park is. <laughs> I've grown up with a Macam dad. I don't know where St. James's Park is. Right, It's signposted. It's not signposted well enough. The museum had a signpost saying museum this way, and it was up a fucking bus route. Newcastle signage makes no sense. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm stressing Jay out so much with my directions. It's great. Jay, you need to get back in the car with me at some point because you haven't been in since college and you knew how bad my sense direction was then, nearly killing you on the way to Morpeth. It's worse now. Right, uh, Stefan, please, Newcastle, bring it. In 1996... Right. <laughs> the Newcastle upon Tyne based arts manager, John Nicolau, created Newcastles of the World United project, which resulted in a website and a book with the same title, covering the Newcastles of all English the English speaking world. The aim was to foster links of friendship, <coughs> culture, education and tourism, hopefully leading to economic links and benefits. 
However, there are so many Newcastles that the non-English speaking part of the world uh, has also joined and that it was the mayor of one of them in Shinshiro, Japan, who took the initiative to bring Newcastles together via the Newcastle of the World Summit, first taking place in Japan in 1998, with the delegates from Newcastle in South Africa, Nuremberg on der Donau in Germany, uh, Nauchattel in Switzerland, Newcastle, Indiana, the USA, Newcastle, Pennsylvania, USA, Newcastle under Lyme, UK, and North Chateau, France, joining their hosts in Japan. Through this initiative, Newcastles of the World was born. Subsequent ga- gatherings have been held in Neuchâtel in Switzerland 2000, uh, in USA Newcastles of Indiana and Pennsylvania in 2002, South Africa 2004, and in 2010 UK 2006 Newcastle under Lyme, and 2012 Newcastle upon Tyne. There is a list of them. There are so many fucking Newcastles and around the world. There is a website called newcastlesoftheworld.com and they have a, a, I think it's biannual summit where all the representatives of different Newcastles meet and have a Newcastles Unite summit. Yeah, man. Jay's just put in, in the thing. This is why people get pissed off when they say they're from Newcastle. There's two in, there's two just in England. Which one? <laughs> there's... If they sound like us, then they're from the north of England, Newcastle. They're from the proper Newcastle. The true, original, best Newcastle. The proper one. The proper one. Right, here we go. I've got a list of all of them. Pick a country. Pick a country. New Zealand. New Zealand. There will be one. You might have to talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I had to pick up an awkward one just because fuck it. Oh, no, hold on. I've got the country lists here. There, There is... Oh, there's not New Zealand. There's not... Oh, yeah. Are so for, formerly known as Newcastle, so they've changed the name, but it's Albertown in Otago, New Zealand, was Newcastle. There is Newcastle Waters in the Northern Territory of Australia, and there's Newcastle Rain, Queensland. There is Castello Novo in Brazil. There is Kuala Yenau in Afghanistan. Uh, there is New... Kyle! There's Newcastle in St. Kitts and Nevis. St. Kitts and Nevis. Jay's got yes. the thing up on the uh, on the site. He's also using a yeah. Mac. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle, Jamaica. Newcastle, Barbados. There's obviously millions in the US of A. Does that mean that we can we can move from Newcastle, England to Newcastle, Barbados and say that we haven't moved, we've just changed which, Newca- which Newcastle were? Yeah. Exactly. So, just in so that so just to say what Jay was saying, just in the UK, there is Newcastle in Herefordshire, there's Newcastle in Shropshire, and there's obviously Newcastle under Lyme, Newcastle upon Tyne. In Wales, there's Little Newcastle in Pembrokeshire, there's Newcastle in Bridgend and Glamorgan, and there's Newcastle Emlyn uh, between Cardiganshire and Carmarthenshire, and there's Newcastle Monmouthshire. In Scotland, there's Newcastleton. In Northern Ireland, there's Newcastle in County Down. And then there's six in the Republic of Ireland. So it just, 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 just a Four, few. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six in Italy. Yeah. So just a few, just a few little ones. <laughs> yeah. And then there's fucking hundreds in the USA. Jay said Newcastle on Clun is my new favorite Newcastle. Where the fuck is Newcastle on Clun? Is that the Scottish one? 
Is it in Do you what? My favourite one isn't in Newcastle any anymore. Why? What you found? In Western Australia, there was a town that used to be known as Newcastle. Right, what's it called now? It's now called 2DA. 2DA? T-O-O-D-Y-A-Y. Why? <laughs> 2DA? Why? Why not? No, no, why not? Why? That's just why. Is it? Newcastle and Clun. Newcastle and Clun Parish. CP Parish in Shropshire. Jay, get on maps and find this. You ready? Qual, so Q A L apostrophe A H. Hold on. All right, go on then. So Q A L apostrophe A H. All of the punctuation. That's a comma. And that's an A. No. <laughs> it's A A H. Uh, dash Y A. Fuck is this? Space now. Right, take one of these out. Is it sure enough? Yo! Quali, you know. There you go. That's Newcastle in Afghanistan. Quali, no. <laughs> I mean, you're still. <laughs> Newcastle in Afghanistan, just. <laughs> oh, hi. You can always trust us to find things like this. So we're going to move to Afghanistan to here. We'll have to learn how to pronounce it. Kuala-i now. Kuala-i now. Or Kuala-i now. Or whatever it is. But basically, that's Newcastle. We'll go to Afghanistan. Fair do. Road, road trip idea. Road trip from Newcastle to Newcastle. <laughs> yes. Next taken off air project. Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle. Just, we'll, start just just doing, we'll start just doing every Newcastle in the UK and then we'll try and get funding for a TV show and see if we can road trip from Newcastle upon Tyne to Newcastle in Afghanistan. To <laughs> Yeah. Uh, What's Jay searching for? Jay's searching for... Jay's looking through Kuala Anair there. <laughs> it looks like Biker, he says. Fucking hell. It does actually look better than Biker, to be fair. Hey, <laughs> Christ. <coughs> anyway, with that, I think we're going to leave you there. And we're going to enjoy the fact that there are many Newcastles and we may one day actually decide to just fucking do a road trip. I think we need to do that now. Road but we have the Newcastle. best one because no other, no other Newcastles full of Jories. All Which, full of know, 100% Well, I don't know. There's some in Australia, so let's not rule that out. Yeah, true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like sticks in Ireland. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. The fact that in Irish history there's like 300 years where they just didn't invent anything after they invented whiskey, yeah. I thought I thought you were going to say the fact that in Irish history there's three people that have been pissed. No. 
I can't, I can't remember the exact the exact period of time, but there's a, there's a time period in Irish history where there's the invention of whiskey, and then there's like a few decades until something else gets invented because they're all yeah. pissed off the mind. Funny guy did a skit about it, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway hey. it's been a pleasure, and with our surprise guest Jay, who is back from the dead. Welcome nice. back from the dead, sir. Although he has been mostly text chat because of dodgy internet with moving house. That's all right. But not it's much. been fun. He's not in next week uh, or the week after. That is fine. We shall drag you on at some point once you are free after those. I like the idea we will that. Organize. I like the idea that in because like, he can't because he's t- the audio is so laggy, he's been typing in text chat. I like the idea that he's not here for like three weeks. Then he pops up and here, but he can only text chat. And then he's not here for three weeks. So unless you watch and you see him here, you'd never know he was here. <laughs> just we, snuck in. <laughs> I, I could just be completely making all this up and just be going, oh yeah, Jay's saying this. Yeah. And people who don't watch would it's never It's a voice know. inside your head. It's one of your characters. He's, you couldn't even be asked to render him visually anymore. You're just telling us what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Uh, well, hopefully Jay can be back. Let's see if Jay can be back around Christmas time when he's got a white beard from all the stress of well, having he has children. To, he has to be back at some point of Christmas because we'll have to do a Christmas episode. We do have to do a Christmas episode. I need to get my big creepy elf out. No, that's not because, a euphemism. No, that's because that's what got banned off to her. My cocaine elf is coming back, thing. Jay. Indeed, my cocaine elf is coming back. Uh, so on, on the loads of people hate it. I love it. It's fucking great. I'm gonna call yeah. him Colin. Are you got a name? He's called Colin now. I I don't th- I think he's my mom's. So I don't Colin know if she's elf. given him a name yet or anything. She just randomly appeared one day with this giant elf, going, "Look what I've got!" It's Colin the Crack Elf. Colin the Crack Elf. Is that what <laughs> it is now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taking off her mascot, Colin the Crack Elf. He is what got we're initially banned from Twitter, which is where my name came from. That's very true. Okay, <laughs> I'll bring back our official mascot, Colin the Crack Elf. For, uh, I've been sport. Colin been sporting the Christmas sports. Crack Elf. Yes, that's what he is. Exactly. <laughs> How the fuck do you think all the elves actually managed to get the orders done for Christmas? <laughs> right before. Oh, before any more comes out. Yeah. On that note, as Dre says, thank you very much for watching. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on, Jay, and being a voice in my head and in text. I did not. I thank did you. not come on, Jay. <laughs> that came out wrong. Shut up. <laughs> thank you very much for appearing, Jay. Thank you very much for appearing, Stefan. We will see mm. you all next time. <laughs> Goodbye. Au revoir.